Welcome to Speaking of Partnership, the show that brings you the personal partnership stories of experts from all walks of life, so you can turn their stumbling blocks into stepping stones to healthy, long-lasting partnerships. I'm your host, Ken Bechtel, and ladies, I have a question for you. Are you tired of feeling like you're the one putting in all the effort to make your relationships work? Then go to speakingofpartnership.com right now and click on the big red Tell Me More button and find out how you can get men to do their part. Now, let me introduce you to today's guest. I'm excited to bring you our guest today, Sandra Beck. Sandra, welcome to the show. Thank you for having me. Oh, you're very welcome. And for any of you who may be new to Sandra, she is the president of Motherhood Incorporated. She's an author, she's a coach, a speaker, she hosts several radio shows, she's an entrepreneur, a philanthropist. Basically, Sandra is successful as she is busy. And she's a single mother of two young boys. She's created a virtual empire of successful companies entirely staffed, managed, and implemented using a host of virtual assistants and online resources. Her goal is to give all women the opportunity to reach their fullest potential with respect to their many different roles. Sandra, take a minute and fill in any blanks in that intro and then give us a glimpse into your personal life if you would. You know, when you read that, I sound like I don't have any personal free time, but I actually really do. And, you know, if you're highly organized and you have systems in place, you can really work hard on creating the life of your dreams. I want to go to my kids' soccer practices and baseball practices. I've done it two every day, and I can still sustain a lifestyle in Southern California, which is not easy. That is awesome. So cool. Well, I'm glad you clarified that because you're right. It sounds like you're working dust to dawn or dawn to dusk. Both of them, maybe. Uh, <laughs> so that's great to know. You know, one of the things that, that I personally find helpful is to have what I call a guiding principle. And sometimes it looks like a quote or a mantra, but something that you apply in your partnerships to, to really help you stay on track. And I'm wondering what kind of guiding principle do you use? I have a really simple guiding principle, and you're going to laugh when I tell you it came from a Ninjago Lego episode many years ago watching with my kids. And this little Lego figurine comes in with his you know, mustache and his little hat, and he says, what can I do today to get to where I want to be? And it just clicked on me. That's what all this hype is about, being present, stay in the now. You know, we hear all these things, all these words that we're used to hearing, but I didn't really understand it. And then, you know, when this little Lego figurine said, what can I do today to get me to where I want to be? I got it. I got goal setting and I got that really the only thing I control is what I can do right now or today, as he put it. That is so cool. You never know <laughs> where our guiding principles are going to come from, right? I wish it was my fancy Northwestern undergraduate and graduate, but nope, it was, you know, the Ninjago series put out by Lego. Yep. See, Lego is much more profound than anybody realized. <laughs> At least it was for me. Yeah, that's cool. That's awesome. And I, I, I mean, I really think that's awesome in the sense that you never know where you're going to get that that little guidance. And it could be something you're like, whatever, I'm watching some kid's movie. And all of a sudden you're like, whoa, that means something to me. 
Well, and it meant a lot to me because at the time, you know, I was going through a divorce. I was dissolving one company, forming another, you know, moving some partnerships around. And I kept getting lost in the past and then in the future, um, Ken, because I kept thinking like, wow, it took me so long to set up this company. Now I'm going to have to give it up in the divorce. Oh, boo-hoo, boo-hoo. And then I'd be like, oh my gosh, how am I going to afford to build a new company in the future? And I was... <laughs> I was like in the wrong time zones. I'm like either stuck in the past or frightened about the future. And we all know you can't change the past and you can't predict the future. And the only place to stay is present. But I couldn't get there. I couldn't get there until that little figurine comes in with his hands folded in this namaste. You have to imagine it going, what can I do today to where I want to be? And I say it in that funny voice because... That's how I hear it in my head. And when I start going into the past or start venturing into the future for something other than, you know, future planning, like that's different, but worrying about what if I don't have this? How am I going to do that? All those things that spin us around, then I just have to ratchet it back and go, okay, what can I do right now? What can I do today? I put it down, I work on it, and then it kind of gets rid of that fear of the past and frustration, you know, or fear of the future, frustration with the past. Yeah, no, it's true. I mean, the only place you can create anything is right here. So bringing all your, your attention and your energy and everything else back to where you are right now is kind of the ticket, right? So that's fantastic. Well, let me ask you a question, because one of the things that our listeners love about the show is it's the stories that our guests share. And what I'd like to ask you to do is take us to a story right now. Take us to a time in your life when, well, you, you kind of tripped up in a partnership. And what I'd like to know is, you know, where were you? What were you doing? What caused you to trip? And then we can expand on, on what you learned and how it actually helped you move forward. Take us there now. Absolutely. Okay, I call it my train wreck Beck moment. Um, my mother was dying from cancer and breast cancer after a five year battle. My ex husband walks out on me and the kids, and and I suddenly find myself suddenly single, and I'm trying to navigate a new business that I was forming and having to relinquish my old business in the divorce and. During all this time, my two dogs that I had for 15 years died. I mean, it was like a wave after wave. And I also, um, when I had my kids, Ken, during this three-year period of time that all this happened, both of them were premature. And I left a very successful office in Beverly Hills to form my own uh, company out outside of Los Angeles in the kind of the, the rural country area. So it couldn't have been filled with more change, more drama, more emotion, more pain. And I completely imploded. And I went into this fight mode, Ken, where I was going to fight for everything. I was going to fight for my mom to, to live longer. I was going to fight for her health rights. I was going to fight for my kids' rights in the hospital. I was going to fight the divorce court. And I I just went bananas. And at every turn, I saw only conflict, not resolution and solution. And you know, when we get pushed hard enough, I think some people run, some people collapse, and then some people just come out like a snarling tiger. And I really became a snarling tiger at that point. Wow. Yeah. <laughs> Not the I mean, look. just the, the description of everything that was going on, you know, hearing this, I'm like, well, I could see why that would be a response. And 
I'm curious. So, so you took that approach. What, how did it end up playing out for you? Well, you know, this is where it's a little bit, I think, different than most people. I was sitting in the courthouse because we had intellectual property. We had multiple properties to divide. We had a custody. We had two companies, you know, to divide up or dissolve. And I was sitting there thinking, oh, my gosh, Ken, this attorney is $350 an hour. I'm sitting here playing, you know, like a Candy Crush game with my kid on the tablet. You know, both my kids with me. So we're playing a video game during during my work hours. And one of the things I always lecture people on, I don't care who they are, is we only have so many money hours, work hours, hours that we can create money. And here I am sitting in this courtroom where I could normally be making between $500 and $1,000 during a typical money hour if I make a sale or make a deal or do whatever. And instead, I'm not only not being productive, but I'm paying out to this attorney to argue over things that Quite frankly, if I stop arguing, I could just go out and earn back. You know, and I always tell people, you know, a thousand dollar TV um, cost me four thousand dollars in my divorce, and this is just stupid. And so it was really that quick, Ken. I was just sitting there and I was like, enough. And I'm like, you know, give them this, give them that. I don't want this. Take it, take it, take it. Go, go, go. I want to go back to being creative. I want to go back to running my companies and I can build, quite frankly, a bigger and better company. So take it, run it into the ground, dissolve it. I don't care. And all of a sudden, the fight went out of the dog because I realized it was stupid for me to be fighting. It was stupid for me to be fighting all these things. I sat down with my mom and said, you know what, mom? I want you to stick around. I want you to stay with me. But if you're tired and you don't want to fight anymore, it's okay for you to go with God. And that was really hard for me, Ken, to do um, because I'm usually an achiever and a doer. And I realized that, you know what? I need to do less. I need to fight less. I need to stop this insanity or stop this nonsense. Go back to the person that I am at heart, which is a creator, a motivator, an inspirer. And let it go. And, you know, letting go is not in my nature, but it was like a an 18 wheeler gear shift in a truck. I just went from like 18th gear to 16th gear. It was that fast, that instant. And for the first time in a couple of years, I could breathe. I'll bet that's right. Well, that's, that's a fantastic story. Thank you so much for sharing that because, well, actually what I'd like to do right now is maybe switch gears a little bit and where I'd like to go with this is if you wouldn't mind sharing with us a story of a time when you had what I call a duh moment, one of those <laughs> times where you're like, um, how have I missed this? How have I been such a knucklehead? And and give us an idea of what steps you took that took that, that wake up moment, if you will, and, and turned it into a building block for future partnerships. Absolutely. Um, I was working on a book project a couple years ago with a 25-year long-term friend of mine and uh, a guy I had grown up with, a guy I had worked with, and you know, not romantically involved, just really great friendship. And he came to me with a project and said, hey, Stan, come on, let's do this book. Okay, great. And I went immediately into work mode, Ken, and I can be a little bit, you know, my way or the highway sometimes. And I'm, when I'm certain I'm right or when I know better, I will stand up for that. And this person also happens to be that way. And, you know, we kept clashing and clashing. And even though the book project got done and it was very successful, 
um, we started not liking each other about halfway through the project. And where I used to look at my cell phone from a goofball text, he's in Minnesota, I'm in Los Angeles, I'd, I'd be so excited for the goofball text, I started to dread it. It's like, oh God, what now? And if he left a message, I would delay listening to it for a couple hours because I didn't want to hear him whinge and complain. And you know, we started talking and he said, you know, Sam, this project is making me a person I don't want to be. And I was like, me too. And I'm like, I didn't say I don't like you anymore. <laughs> but, you know, that was kind of the conversation that we were having about what is this project really doing to our this 25 year friendship. And it was that that point that I really started to think about, Ken, do I want to be right or do I want to be in this relationship? Do I want to be right? And do I want to sustain this friendship? Because when it comes to tactical decisions in business, yes, you need to do your best and fight for right versus wrong if you have that knowledge or skill set. But kind of almost everything else beyond that, you can let the other person be wrong and feel you're right. You can let the other person figure it out for themselves sometimes you know, there's an old adage that says, do you want to be right or do you want to have people at your funeral? And I had heard that um, from my dad about something else. And I thought, you know, we spend a lot of time in ego investing in our education in ourselves and our knowledge and our understanding. And our understanding, my understanding, Ken, does not have to be your understanding. I do not need to convince you on every point. If you ask my opinion, I'll give it. If you don't, I won't. And I really started embracing, you know, do I want to be right or do I want to be in a relationship with this person? And that was a big deal for me. That is a great question to ask. Because I... I I think it's more common than we realize how many times we go into that mode. And, and you gave such a great description of, you know, you started out, you're great friends, you've been friends for years and years. And because of the approach you were taking to the, the partnership, that was being destroyed. Absolutely. That was being thrown to the wayside to hold your position. And we do that and we don't even know we do it sometimes. And I... I I speak from personal experience. I grew up in a family that was very intellectually astute. All my siblings were like top 10 in their class, all that kind of thing. I was the popular guy that wasn't top 10. And it was really interesting because it was like, I just didn't have an attachment to being right all the time. And it totally changed my experience. And so I have a I guess I'd call it an awareness of that because when you were describing it, I'm like, oh, it's that be right thing. <laughs> and you literally said it. Um, so thank you. That's a that's a really, really important thing to, to bring to people's attention because of the partnership. One of the things I like to remind people is what's your part in a partnership? That's the only thing you can control. So if your approach is I'm going to be right no matter what, well, then chances are they're not going to be hanging out too long. Well, and Ken, it gets confusing when we're supposed to be doing a job. You know, yes. I thought I was doing my job, but then I realized the way I was doing my job was costing our friendship. Yes. And it's one of those fine lines, right? Because we're always like, oh, that would be so great to be in business or be in a business partnership with my, my friend. But that's a different relationship. 
And I've had numerous guests on the show talk about how, you know, they went into a business agreement with somebody that was their friend. And because of it, they disregarded everything they knew about business. And then ultimately that didn't work out because there is that separation. Um, so, yeah, it's it's definitely something that we have to, you know, be aware of and be present to is what, what am I creating here? And I, I remember I learned the hard way uh, the first management job I ever had, I had the opportunity to hire some people that were friends of mine. And I thought, oh, this is great. They need some work. It'll be a great opportunity. Well, their viewpoint was cool. Ken's my friend. I don't have to work. Mm. That was the only reason they wanted the job because they thought it was a free ride. And after that, from that moment on, whenever I was in a position to hire someone, if I knew them in any way personally, I would say, okay, but this is work. We're not friends here. You're an employee. And if they got that, great. If they couldn't understand that, then it was like, then I can't hire you because we're going to be at work. We're going to treat it as work. Yes, I'm still your friend, but that doesn't trump what your role is here at work. And it's, again, it's having that agreement, having that partnership that our goal here is to get this work accomplished. And if you're just here to hang out because we're friends, that doesn't get the job job done. So it is, it's, it's a, you know, it's one of those things where you've got to go back and forth and negotiate and sometimes walk away. So let's take another little transition here. And what I want to get into here, Sandra, is what I would call your proudest, maybe not the proudest, but one of your proudest moments in partnership. And, and the way I like to look at them, what I've found is most of the time when we think of a proud moment in partnership, we can't help but smile. Tell us about one of yours. Uh, well, Ken, my proudest moment is the partnership that I have with my two kids. And I'm going to give you, you know, kind of a little sad start, but believe me, it, it's well worth it in the end. Um, my kids and I went home to where I'm from in upstate New York for a couple of weeks. And when we came back to our house here, my ex had exercised his legal right to half of the possessions. And, you know, the kids were like, I don't know, third grade and fifth grade, you know, somewhere around there. And they came in, they thought we'd been robbed. And, you know, when I looked around and saw what had been removed, I realized, okay, you know, this is just, you know, the, you know, my ex exercising his legal right to half, but you can't explain that to little kids. They don't get that about their parent, you know, they don't understand. And so I didn't get involved with them about, you know, what happened and why I went immediate to fix it mode. And I really teach my kids, you know, that we go, we, we don't worry about the why something happened, we fix it. And then we go back and figure out the why so we don't repeat it. And so I just looked at the kids, we had just got off a six hour plane flight, I said, you know what, dad came and got his stuff that's okay. We're going to go replace it because kids need stability. And we did. We got, I called a couple of friends who had pickup trucks. We replaced mattresses and televisions. And I just went to Sam's club and Costco and, you know, put the credit card down and, you know, we're going to take this, 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 this. And then the guys that I had called were all big, strong guys. So they, um, I work a lot with the Marines, so they're really helpful (laughs) to have. You can literally call the Marines and the Marines will come. And so they came and they put the stuff away they lifted put the tvs up hung the you know tvs put the beds back everything was back within 24 hours and i'm like kids 
you know what? This is the way we roll. We're a can-do. We're the power of three. That's what I call the three of us. Like the power of three, we can do anything. And to this day, my kids will talk about that when they do projects at school or they are, you know, talking with people. I hear them bring up about, you know what? We just rolled with it. We just fixed it. We just did it. And that's a partnership. And a partnership, I think, also sometimes requires to know who the leader is. And in that case, I was very comfortable being the leader, but my kids had a point of view where they were like, well, I would like this, I would like that. I let them have their role in the partnership. And what could have been a very traumatic situation turned out to be one of our proudest moments and a great teaching moment for kids that we don't get mired in the why, we get right to the solution, and then we figure it out so that we don't repeat the same mistake. Yeah, that that's cool. And you know, the thing I love most about what you just shared was probably the shortest thing you said, which was the power of three. And what that conveys to me, and I'm I'm sure on some level it did for your kids as well, is you're never alone. You got we've got each other's back. You don't have to be the one that knows how everything's gonna work. We're gonna make this work. And that's such a a powerful end result of being in partnership is knowing that it's not, oh, geez, now what do I do? I have no idea. I don't know who to call. When you're in partnership, you're not on your own. And it's part of why I was the catalyst for me starting this program is I grew up on a farm and the badge of honor there was you're self-sufficient. You do everything on your own. And a lot of times you pretty much had to. And I wore that badge so proudly for years and years and years. And it's held me back in so many different areas because I just thought I had to do everything on my own. And that example you just gave us of partnering with your kids of the partnership you had with the guys you were able to call and all those different pieces is an amazing illustration of what can happen when we're in partnership. So I, I know we've been talking a lot about past experiences and, and I want to bring our conversation into the present. And what I'd like to ask you, Sandra, is What's a partnership that's really exciting in your life right now? Well, there's two of them, Ken. Uh, there's a partnership that I have with a radio station in Texas where I have my own shows there as well as producing other shows for the network. And, you know, it's such an unlikely partnership. You've got, you know, this, you know, kind of me, the kind of, you know, tough New Yorker. And then you have these Southern gentlemen and, you know, I talk so fast and they talk so slow and, you know, our meetings are so funny sometimes and we have such completely different points of view, but there's a deep and abiding respect for each of our disciplines and talents that in the seven years we've hardly had a clash we might have said hey gee i don't like that or that that doesn't work for me that's the extent of it and then we talk it through which is i think really funny for two completely different business cultures um and then the other one is the partnerships that i have with my company i have long-term clients uh that partner in my business i have long-term virtuals and my virtuals can are going on my three favorite ones i, I it's awful to say favorite but my go-to girls um, have been working with me for seven years, 10 years, and 12 years. And for anybody who's ever hired a virtual assistant, those type of time frames are unheard of. Yeah, that's, that's really impressive. Very cool. Those are such great examples. Again, I love how you're taking us in different areas, the family, the, 
the personal relationships, the work relationships, and they're all going to look different. That's one of the things about partnership is they're not cookie cutter. There's all these different variations on what makes them work. And what we've gotten to now, Sandra, in, in the show is what I call a bring it all home portion of the show. And this is where we kind of step away from stories. And instead, we provide some simple, concrete guidance for our listeners so they can take this information and, and apply it to their partnerships right now. And where I'd like to start is I'm just wondering what what would you say was the best partnership or relationship advice that you've ever received? Well, I think, you know, whether it was received by me from God or wherever it came into my head or maybe I heard it was, do I want to be right or do I want to be in a relationship? That mm-hmm. That's number one. And then number two, because you can only manage yourself, like you, you put it so beautifully, what's your part in the partnership? You know, that's really cool. Um, so when I think of that, I think of like, what can I do today to get me to where I want to be, which focuses me to stay in the now and puts the responsibility on what I can do, not sit there and think about what everybody else should be doing. Um, and then the third one, like, cause I, I came up with four, I hope that's okay. <laughs> um, <laughs> so I over deliver under promise over deliver. Um, but, you know, you talk today about relationships, you know, whether they're relationships with, with another person or a company, a group of people. Um, and the biggest piece of advice that my mom gave me was to be in a relationship means you're just being yourself with someone else. And that I had to chew on that for a long time. And I realized when you are yourself in a relationship, you know, I'm a re- in my, I am myself with you, Ken, today. I am myself with the radio station. I am myself with motherhood, my company. Um, so I don't have to think about who I should be today or what role I'm preparing for or what hat I'm putting on. You know, all these things are just extra effort. So being yourself with someone else or another group, um, if you can get to that point in your life, I think life's a lot easier. And this kind of last one goes on to that self-ownership thing or your part in your partnership, which I wrote down. I, I love that. That's going to be a new post on the wall. Um, is your anxiety cannot become my anxiety. Mm. You know, we deal with high-end, high-stress people all day long. You know, I don't care if they're, you know, a nurse or a accountant you know people get upset and angry when either you make a mistake they perceive you make a mistake or they don't get what they want and one of the keys of being successful in life whether you're a parent whether you're in a relationship with someone or whether you're in business is your anxiety can cannot become my anxiety because now we got two of us freaked out and nobody's thinking yeah and 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 you're right again that's your part like I can take that on, but I can also not take it on and stay grounded and, and stay, you know, present so I can actually be a, a resource. So I, I want to ask you about something else, which is which is maybe a book or a resource that you found really, really helpful for you that, that you would think the listeners could benefit from as well. Yeah, there's a new book out uh, by Reese Thomas, and that's spelled R-H-Y-S Thomas, T-H-O-M-A-S. And he wrote a book about the five life purpose profiles. And, 
it was so interesting to me how he kind of categorized human behavior and human nature into these five profiles. And he talks about the profile when they're in defense or, you know, angry or upset, and then what they're like when they're joyful, happy, and fulfilled. And I read these and I could immediately identify myself, my kids, my staff, my family. And it was so clear to me to say, okay, if we're creating win-win situations in a partnership, what can I do to f- to support this partnership? What does this person need? And when you look at these profiles, you go, oh, wow, okay. You know, the teamwork profile needs to be part of a team. You need to give them things to do. Like my dad's a big teamwork person. And so when I give him things to do, he doesn't complain about the things to do. He feels valuable and important part of the team. And then my little one, the little egghead, my intellectual, you know, if I can give him things to figure out, like if he can go and look on the internet for the YouTube video to fix the thing grandpa's going to fix as the team player, all of a sudden we got some winner, winner, chicken dinner going on here because everybody's doing what they need to do and getting their needs met and we all work in harmony. So that book uh, Reese Thomas wrote about the five life purpose profiles, it was pretty cool. That sounds really, really great. And I, it's, it made me think, because one of my focus is, is helping men and women understand our differences so we don't have to be butting heads all the time. And that's another element of it, right? If, if somebody is, you know, their, their, their purpose profile operates a different way, well, then knowing that means you can actually feed that in what actually serves it as opposed to going, oh, no, you got to do it my way, my way, my way. And the whole time it's just not going to work. You know, that square square peg in a round hole type of thing. So what a great book. I can't wait to pick that up. It's a good one. And it's also my kind of book, Ken, where I don't have to chart and plot and I'm not an <laughs> NI, a SI, a PQ. And it's like I have a hand. And I wrote <laughs> the five profiles on my hand one day. I took my little Sharpie and I wrote on each thumb pad what they were. And out throughout the day, I would look down at my hand and whoever I was talking to on the phone or whoever I was talking with in my office or in my home life, I would look at my hand and go, who's that? Who's that? Who's Which finger are you? Wow. Um, but it was that simple. And it really is. It really is. It, it's helpful. I won't say it's perfect, but it's definitely helpful. That's great. Great. Well, now I, I want to kind of wrap our conversation up by, by asking you to leave our listeners with an example of what I call the payoff of partnership. And what I'd love to have you do is give us a specific example of something that you were able to do or create or experience specifically because you were in partnership. Okay. When I uh, left Beverly Hills, when I got my divorce, when I started my, you know, sand 4.0 is what I called it because I was, you know, 40 years old when all this happened. Um, I had to create partnerships to create the life I wanted. I couldn't do it all on my own. So I formed this corporation. I formed relationships with clients, long-term clients that, you know, I can count on with dependable, you know, income and, and consistent work as long as I do my part. And it was a big deal for me to get my horse ranch just north of Los Angeles so my kids had room to play. I have room for my offices in my home. I have the pool that I wanted. I have, you know, the 
garage I want, you know, with the extra bays to, to have a gym in there, you know, all these things that I wanted. And it's not selfish to say, I want these things if you're willing to create them. Um, I didn't say I want them and demand them in the divorce or demand them through lawsuits or, you know, demand them, you know, from my spouse. I made a list, I made a vision board of what I wanted, and the only way I could create this, the only way is through partnerships, partnerships in faith, partnerships in business, partnerships in your personal life, and partnerships in your family. It is all necessary to create the life you want. You will not find an argument from me. (laughs) No, absolutely. That's such a great, great example of the multiple payoffs of partnerships. And I, I got to thank you because you clearly, you've got a ton to share. You're so open and I really, really appreciate that. Can you let our listeners know how they could contact you and learn more about what you do? Yeah, the easiest way is just go to my website, Sandra Beck, just like my name, S-A-N-D-R-A-B-E-C-K.com. You can connect with my radio shows there, with my companies, um, or just read you know the things that I have to say about the world. They really do um at every turn try to elevate enlighten educate or empower great well it it has been such a pleasure i've loved your insights again i'm so thankful to you for really opening up sharing all types of of stories from all aspects of your life and i i mean i definitely have learned a lot from this conversation thank you so much for being on the show thank you very much for having me My pleasure. Thank you for listening to Speaking of Partnership. Head over to speakingofpartnership.com for links and recaps of every show and so much more. I release a brand new episode every Monday through Friday, so make sure you don't miss a single show. Go to your favorite podcast directory, search for Speaking of Partnership, and click subscribe. Like what you hear? Leave us a rating and review on Stitcher and iTunes. The greatest compliment you can give the show is to refer us to someone else, either in person or on the web. Have a great day, and remember, even when you stumble, you're still moving forward. Peace.